0: Hello, and welcome to Awesome Leaders, Lessons for Food Business Success, a podcast aimed at supporting the development and growth of women-owned food and beverage processing businesses in the Canadian prairies. Our guests include industry experts, as well as food and beverage entrepreneurs to provide knowledge, real-world examples, and inspiration. My name is Carly, and on behalf of the Awesome Program, I'll be your host today. Today, we are continuing our discussion on working with a product development facility and team. In our previous episode, I chatted with Sarah Louie, who provided insight on what it's like to work with a product development team and the many benefits it can have in developing a successful product. In today's episode, we will be discussing a different approach to product development that is offered by the Prairie Research Kitchen in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Prairie Research Kitchen is a program offered by Red River College Polytechnic and brings together a unique blend of food science and culinary arts. The program supports food processors and food service providers through research, product development, technical services, and training. Prairie Research Kitchen is an ideal and accessible partner, especially for small and medium-sized businesses. Our guest today is Mavis McRae, the director of Prairie Research Kitchen. Mavis has led the development of Red River College Polytechnic's culinary research program since 2014. Mavis has worked in the Manitoba agri-food industry for 25 years, specializing in areas of food product development, food safety, project management, and new business development. In addition to project development and management, Mavis has taught entrepreneurship, marketing, and international business courses in Winnipeg, Ottawa, China, the Philippines, and Vietnam. With her background in food science and entrepreneurship, Mavis helped new clients navigate through the commercialization process by creating links to other technical and business resources in the community. Welcome Mavis, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Carly.
0: I'm so happy you're here. So to kick off our conversation, can you tell us about your background and how you came to your role at Prairie Research Kitchen?
1: Uh, Well, it's a long and varied tale, but uh, it started out as a food science degree at the University of Manitoba, Uh, Once I graduated from there, I started working in in the food industry, actually, at the Food Development Center in Manitoba, and uh, decided to go back and get uh, some more education. So I did my MBA part-time over five years, which... It was a tough, uh, tough long road to to work full time and do an MBA part time, but got her done, and that led me into a world of, of business and entrepreneurship. Um, everything from working uh, with some friends in a startup pet treat company to teaching entrepreneurship halfway around the world. So, uh, from there. Uh, Went back into to consulting and worked with a lot of different organizations on starting up new programs, new businesses, uh, working in uh, back in agriculture. And eventually, the college gave me a call about this idea to start a culinary research program. So I came in as the the lead consultant and worked with the school to to I guess free up some chefs to work with food companies and brought some of the contacts that I had in the food industry to the to the college and we just started working on projects it became a huge success and so we started applying for funding from the Natural Sciences and Engineering Research Network or Research um, of Canada or NSERC and we're successful in raising uh about seven million dollars in, in di- from different funds and different programs to to build the facility here as well as staff um, staff up the operation. So we've been doing that since uh, 2014.
0: Wow, that's incredible! You have quite an impressive background there. Can you briefly explain what Prairie Research Kitchen is?
1: So we're um, we're considered a technology access center. That was the funding that we received from NSERC. Uh, which is a specialized center within a college. So college hosts these centers uh, where we specifically look at food product development and and what we call culinary research. So our technology access center is co-located with the School of Hospitality and Culinary Arts, um, but we also work with other faculties as well. And the two main mandates of a technology access center is to provide industry access to college resources, be it equipment or, um, or human resources, and to provide students with the opportunity to work with industry. So with those two main uh, mandates, we, we put both together to work on projects with, um, with companies.
0: Yeah, that's great. I love that. Um, So from my understanding, Prairie Research Kitchen offers three core services. So research and development, technical services, and then training. Could you elaborate more on each of those services and what they involve?
1: Sure. So our... The majority of our projects are probably in that first area with research and development. So colleges uh, specialize in applied research where we take um, you know, maybe some discovery research from other organizations or universities and apply it to uh, industry problems or industry uses. So a lot of the, the research and development that we do is product development, um, prototyping, uh, ingredient applications where our chefs and food scientists get get involved and and um, look at new products there probably are lesser developed services around the technical services which could be considered anything from sensory panel training or doing sensory panels um, consumer research projects shelf life studies or preparing samples for clinical trials with the with the universities uh, and then on the training side, it's really it's on demand. So we can work with companies to you know address some of their their knowledge gaps, whether it's uh, in using their ingredients or training maybe their sales staff on how how their ingredients work in in different applications. Uh, we've worked with the food service industry on, um, you know, safe preparation of, of things like charcuterie meats, the, the fermented sausages and the dried sausages and validating some of their processes to make sure that what they're doing in kitchen with, with the equipment they have um, produces safe food on, on the, uh, as the final outcome. So it's, it's sort of an on-demand specialty training where we can bring either our chefs or food scientists into, um, into organizations or bring people here and, and provide that training.
0: Yeah, totally, that's great. Um, so who's eligible for the services? Do you have to be from Manitoba?
1: No, we are working with companies across Western Canada. Uh, so it, <laughs> we really found out that it's, it's quite easy to do work with companies uh, in other provinces, especially over the last two years as we've all learned to, to do things remotely. Uh, so a lot of you know shipping of ingredients or shipping of samples back and forth with with companies. So the main our main I guess audience or main customer or client are the small and medium sized companies. We prefer that companies are incorporated. Um, it's it's partially because that's a requirement to access any funding and and what. Um, our funders are looking for is incorporated businesses that have the intention of commercializing or have the ability to commercialize their products. But we have worked with a lot of startup companies that maybe they're not quite incorporated, but pretty close, Um, but they do have the intention of um, selling their product uh, within either their province or across Western Canada. We also work. Sorry, just thinking about it. We also work with a lot of um, not-for-profit or uh, research groups or industry associations. So um, people like Saskatchewan Pulse Growers or Pulse Canada, um, Alberta Barley Growers. So those industry groups that want to see their um, their commodity products uh, researched and further developed uh, for market market development
0: and if a company is wanting to collaborate with your program on a project what is the first step
1: usually the first step we hope is for them to to review the the website and just know what we're about where we're located so it it makes the the meetings a bit more efficient that we you know don't do our our 10-minute sales pitch on on what we can do and can't do um so that's you know, we try and, and send them the information to review. And then really the first step is to have a conversation with our research manager. We usually do a, a combo interview where we have the research manager and the research chef uh, meet with the client so that both perspectives come into the um, the scoping of the project and, and identification of maybe some of the challenges and uh, that could be researched and um, then we send out uh, from there a statement of work or a proposal that outlines the work that we um, would do and the cost to the work.
0: And who is all involved in these projects once they get going?
1: So usually there's the um, a research manager is overseeing the project and that person then brings in the team usually based on past experience or or interests. So we have uh, a different group um, whether they have a culinary background or a science background. Uh, they're brought in to to work with the team and we do have students and instructors of course that um, can get involved. So we we like to bring the students into some of the meetings um, as we move the project along especially if they're bigger projects we have check-in points. Uh, we may have the students demonstrate the resulting product to the clients. So we can get um, usually a full full team approach in so that you get the best, uh, outcome in the end.
0: And I'm curious to know, what are some of the most common questions people have when they're seeking assistance from Prairie Research Kitchen?
1: So, they're, they're common and they're not common because, of course, there's so many different product types that we work with, everything from mm-hmm. meat to crickets to, you know, different pulse flowers and, and products. So, I think if I broke it down into two groups, it's somebody who has an existing product on the market that they're either having a challenge with um, quality wise, or maybe it's, it's not as efficiently produced as they'd like, or they want to try to use a different ingredient. There's some type of modification to their, their current product that they're struggling with. So then the question is, you know, how do I make this better? How do I how does it last longer? How do I scale it up? If it's a brand new product, then the questions are a bit more um, almost varied because it we would then have to know what the product uh, characteristics or qualities are. And usually the question then is, what new applications could we put this product into? Um, an example of that would be uh, one of our recent announcements. And normally we don't talk a lot about our projects, uh, specifics on our projects, because there's confidentiality uh, agreements with our clients. But this one just hit the news, uh, which was uh, prairie fava and, and big mountain foods. Prairie fava came to us with um, fava beans and and said to us what can we do with these and this was about 6 years ago so we've tried various uh product development using the flowers um adjusting the flowers to make them more functional um but in the end we ended up um creating a fava tofu that uh then was was taken on by Big Mountain Foods to scale up and and produce in their new beautiful vac- uh facility in BC so that was really an example of I have this product and the capabilities of of converting it from a bean to something usable by the food industry. What are the possible applications for that? So a bit of a long answer to the what can you do? Because there's, there's not the typical answer, um, again, because... There's so many different ingredients out there, but it usually does boil down to how can I use this product in a different way or a better way?
0: Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, you guys are working with so many different ingredients, so many different types of businesses. So I would assume everyone has different questions depending on what stage of business they're at. Mm -hmm. The space your program operates out of looks like quite a collaborative one. How is the space equipped to accommodate such a wide variety of services?
1: So we've really focused um, because we were very limited uh, in our space. We have 4,600 square feet of research space and we're located downtown Winnipeg. So that was about it. We are full up in the building, so we needed to be as efficient as possible. So we concentrated on uh, bench scale equipment. So prototyping equipment, that again could cross um, multiple food groups, whether it's um, you know a sonifier that would would mimic um, the homogenization process or small mills that would um, mimic the the pasting, you know making making pastes and sauce, sauces. So everything that we have is bench scale, but has an application to scale up and. Um, We've put everything on on wheels in in the lab. So if we don't need something, we move it out. We move something else in. Uh, we can rent equipment and and roll it in. But everything everything stays about the size of a large commercial kitchen. And then the next handoff is to um, is to a commercial kitchen or to a to a larger organization. So. And if we don't have the equipment, we still do have access to some, uh, either some funds to bring it in to rent, like I said, rent, or we work with a lot of partners. (laughs) Sorry, the one thing that we did um, for sure add in was the ability to showcase our our products to the client. So we have this sit-up bar that is under a beautiful skylight, uh, where the chefs can prepare the, the samples, the final prototype samples for our clients. And we can have discussions about, you know, what do you like? What don't you like? Um, and, and just make it a very, uh, easy space to work together in.
0: That's great. sounds very functional. Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So since Prairie Research Kitchen is based out of Red River College, are you able to refer clients to other services offered by the college? And if so, what additional services are available?
1: Yeah, there's, um, I mean, the college has, as you would expect, um, a large um, polytechnic organization has a lot of very specialized functions. So we're one of three technology access centers um, located at at RRC Polytech. Uh, The others are in advanced manufacturing as well as building um, envelope design or efficiencies. So we may get talking to a company that um, wants to get into automation or uh, maybe they have interests in big data or artificial intelligence. And so there's either schools um, where they have research programs or these other technology access centers that we can refer um, back and forth Um, TACAM, or the Technology Access Center for Aerospace and Advanced Manufacturing, um, has a lot of of 3D printing capabilities, so prototyping in plastics and in metals, which is huge for companies if they're trying to uh, create a part, a specified part, or... um, yeah, piece of, of their operation, but they don't want to go and get an entire mold done. We can do uh, some of that 3D printing. And yeah, it's just it, every industry sector that you can sort of think of exists at the college. Our, our life science department has a food processing and pharmaceutical manufacturing uh, faculty. And so we work quite closely with them to bring in lab analysis and, and um, specialty you know, specialty testing and fermentation. So it's it's <laughs> we're we're sort of the the storefront um, in a lot of ways for the rest of the college because we we have dedicated uh, people to work with industry and can refer or hand off to other people.
0: Yeah, so definitely beneficial being based out of uh, Red River College. It seems.
1: Yeah, and then I, I mean, of course, we have access to students. Uh, <laughs> in all different industries. So, you know, we work with, um, there's a a big interest in work integrated learning opportunities. So it means we're always in touch with co-op programs and and students looking for uh, co-op opportunities. Uh, So there's access to students and their instructors as well.
0: That's great. Um, I understand there are some funding opportunities available to your clients. Could you elaborate on what a project can cost and the funding options that are available? Sure.
1: So um, this is, of course, for incorporated companies. Um, and there's there's certain parameters in, in different organizations, but two of the main funding programs that we access. One is through Tech Access Canada and it's called an Interactive Visit Program. This is in cooperation with the Industrial Research Assistance Program or IRAP and it it um, allows for the company to access 20 hours of technical service time with with the Technology Access Centre. So with uh, a uh, $250 access fee you can do a small scoping project or or maybe some proof of concept work with um with our our facility and that's probably valued depending on what the services are if it's literature review versus you know bench and and using the equipment can be anywhere from two thousand to thirty five hundred dollars in in sort of value um, the other bigger program that we have access to is through NSERC, and um, it's called the uh, Applied Research and Development Fund, or ARD, and in this particular case, uh, for small projects, companies can have 75% of the total cost of a project covered by NSERC, so putting in 25% cash, um, the smallest of those projects is a value of 50, about fifty-three thousand um, dollars, of which Insert can cover up to or, uh, forty or forty thousand dollars. Some of these projects can get much bigger, though, up into the hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Um, of course, with a cash contribution from the company of of twenty-five percent um, plus in kind. So. Those are available because we are a college and um, we would work with the company to develop up the applications to go into NSERC.
0: It's great to hear that there's so many funding opportunities. It definitely makes the program very accessible, it seems like.
1: Yeah, and the interactive visit program is, is a nice one for companies who maybe haven't used um, an off-site or, or applied research facility. So some companies don't know what they're, they're sort of getting, um, when they, when they enter into a service agreement with, with the contract research services. So it's a, it's a nice way to ease people into, into that process as well.
0: I'm curious to know, how would you say Prairie Research Kitchen is different from facilities like the Saskatchewan Food Centre and the Leduc Food Centre?
1: So because we only have 4,600 square feet of research space that, that uh, dis- definitely distinguishes what we can and can't do, we don't have any of the scale-up facilities that those larger food centres have. So right there, we um, were distinguished in the sense that we really do focus on that, that bench proof-of-concept prototyping with the, with the purpose of... Perhaps handing them off to one of these food centers for larger scale up and and development. Um, we also have a very close tie with the culinary school, so a lot of the work that we do is probably more chef and and culinary focused than than pure food science. And that's a bit different from the food food center programs where it's it's very science focused and engineering um, process related. So. We um, we work, we all work together in sort of that value chain where we can do the upfront uh, work the scale up goes to the food centers and then if they if the food centers were say extracting new products and wanted to know how a chef might use that uh, in product development then we we sort of hit that front end and back end of the the whole value chain of of ingredient um, processing.
0: Uh, it sounds like all the food centers kind of complement each other yeah. in that way.
1: Yeah, I think everybody works together. I mean, we're too small of a, um, Western Canada is too small to, in population um, alone, to um, not work together. And I think that we all know each other and, and there's lots of food businesses out there. There's, there's a lot of ways to collaborate.
0: Yeah, exactly. What would you say is the benefit of tying together the Culinary Arts Program and Food Sciences?
1: So being a food science grad, um, I can say this with all confidence that food scientists don't necessarily know how to cook. Uh, they know how to break down food. They know how uh, to make it safe. They know the chemical composition of it. Um, they, they treat food as a, um, as a science project in a lot of ways. Uh, the culinary side is really about the the function, the taste, the the food experience from a customer or consumer point of view. So bringing the two together, um, vastly different languages can be used to, to describe a food system or a food product. And I think bringing the two together, understanding, having that common uh, language on how to develop a food and what makes a food good. Uh, the team bounces ideas off of each other and, and brings their experience in, and I think that's what I've noticed the most out of out of having the combination of the two is just how how well the I like how much the better the the product the end product is with those different perspectives um, at the table.
0: Yeah, that's great. What would you say are some of the most interesting projects you've worked on over the years?
1: There's, There's been quite a few. I mean, we've, we've done a lot of work on the pulse side, uh, which probably the funniest one was when I had asked a chef to work with pulse flowers and he'd never done that before, he's kind of asked why why would I do that and um, once we got over the sort of this is the nutritional profile of, of pulse flowers and why you might want to use them and the environmental benefits he, uh, he ended up coming up with a creme brulee um, that had a lot of the eggs replaced by by pulse flowers uh, which blew my mind because of course Again, refer to that that uh, food scientists don't necessarily cook. I've never cooked a creme brulee in my life, so I asked him if it replaced a certain amount of flour, to which he laughed at me and and said there is no flour in a creme brulee. Um, so that was sort of the the first introduction to how uh, creative the chefs can be. But from from there, uh, without sort of breaching any um, confidentiality. Uh one internal project we did was with brewer's spent grain where we used after the brewing process there's a lot of the malt left over and we converted that malt into a um substrate for miso production so we actually created a miso paste using that um uh, that really tasty malt so you get this this almost chocolatey, malty flavor that goes into um into the miso paste. Um that was a fun one because just learning how how miso was made and the fermentation and you have to wait for so long. You have to wait for up to a year to even know if your experiments worked. Um so it was it was fun to watch the science come together on that. And then of course the that the project that I talked about earlier of the Fava um, being becoming tofu is, is probably our, our one of our biggest highlights um, so far, just because of the scale and two clients coming together to to work on, you know, launching this this product and of course all the things that could come in the future with that. So that's probably our maybe not the the coolest. I don't know. It is pretty cool to to make a um, allergen free tofu and and go through that process. Um, but it's really uh, quite rewarding to see two female entrepreneurs and business owners come together and and launch this, this brand new product.
0: I think it sounds very cool, very interesting. It's cool that you get to be a part of that. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was uh, it was a highlight.
0: For sure. And what is your favorite part, would you say, about working at Prairie Research Kitchen?
1: So the obvious answer would be the food, because I can often sit at my uh, desk working on you know, financials and have a random food product uh, delivered to me by by somebody who wants my opinion. So <laughs> the food is, is certainly a favorite part. I mean, I studied food science. I went into the business because I do love food and agriculture. Um, but I would say the next best part of that is just the team that we put together, um, the discussions that we have and the creativity and being exposed to the culinary side, which is, is not what I studied and and not what I had experience with other than, you know, my, my teenage years of maybe working in a restaurant was the extent of my um, experience on the culinary side. So hearing the chefs um, talk about different foods and um, different trends is, is, is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I love that. So to round out our conversation today, I have two kind of fun rapid fire questions for you. The first one is what is a food product or recipe made at home that you have personally been loving lately?
1: So I'm a functional cooker in the sense of I either use what is in my fridge and it all gets put together or Um, it's an easy dish. Uh, so my favorite lately, uh, has been the one pot lemon spinach feta orzo, uh, can all be done in, in sort of one spot and is always tasty. It goes with chicken, fish, whatever you want. It can be eaten on its own. And one pot. Did I mention one pot? It was one (laughs) pot. So easy. I love
0: that. Easy to clean up at the end. Exactly. Perfect. And my last question is, what is a work or life resource you find helpful? This could be organizational, wellness, functional, just kind of anything.
1: Um. So I have been still relying on a pedometer to remind me that I probably should walk more than 500 steps. It's a bit better now that I'm um, more permanently back in the office and moving around a lot more. But but uh, it's always a good reminder of how sedentary we we can be, and I think I can get really stuck into paperwork and projects and reports and forget to um, that it's that it's good to get some fresh air. So I'd say that's probably my my main uh, physical motivator these days. Yeah, that's relatable
0: for sure. So just to wrap up, Mavis, can you share with us where people can connect with you and Prairie Research Kitchen?
1: Yeah, the easiest uh, place and all the information is is on our website. So it's rrc.ca forward slash research dash kitchen. And um, all of our contact information as well as as an email to our our general email site is, is on there
0: that's great excellent thank you so much Mavis
1: for joining us today this was great thank you Carly looking forward to uh, hearing more podcasts from you guys
0: the awesome program is an initiative of the Saskatchewan Food Centre and is funded by Prairie's Economic Development Canada through the Women Entrepreneurship Strategy Ecosystem Fund we are here to support women-owned food businesses through education advising and industry connections Although we are based in Saskatoon, we serve members in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta. For more information, visit the show notes or head to our website at beawesome.ca.